Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. This week, we cover everything from Las Vegas at HR Tech Conference 2022. This episode, we try to cover the key items that we saw, but there is a whole lot more coming. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex live from Las Vegas. Actually, not live, but we are recording. Yeah, pre-recorded, but we are live here in Vegas looking at the MGM Grand and the Excalibur. And oh my God, the Excalibur looks like the corniest shit i've ever <laughs> it really seen does. it's so corny but pretty much vegas is corny right that's the appeal corny and gaudy corny everything's and big gaudy. gaudy and dark even the bathroom stalls are dark why I don't why know. can't they turn the lights on the room we're in right now is dark i think it's just it's yeah the they even light, paint right? the walls black i know yeah very but weird I, I think it's because of the cross-section of people that are here. There's not a whole lot of attractive people during the day, right? <laughs> so they put everything dark. Only the, everybody, everybody with a drink in their hand looks better. <laughs> Shelly, yeah. we're on the last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm flying out in the morning. You're staying for a couple for, days. To yeah, hang out with my friend. Yeah. How are you feeling? Well... Okay, so first of all, let's talk about my rookie mistake. Fuck me. Why did I decide to wear dress shoes on day one? (laughs) When we are probably, I don't know, if we say at least a kilometer's walk from the hotel we're staying in over to the convention hall. The convention halls are massive. Like, they really are massive. And just such a rookie mistake. I have blisters on every part of my feet. I've got band-aids. I've got 11 different band-aids on my feet right now. (laughs) What a stupid thing to do. My God. You know what? And you never realized that I have skinny long legs that walk really quickly. I didn't realize you're a speed walker. I'm not a speed walker. You are a speed walker. Honest to God, Serge, like, I don't know who could keep up to you. This guy, one cup of coffee and he's fucking speed walking. And I don't I'm think that's like the case. Hobbling, I've, my feet are, my dogs are just screaming at me. They're, I'm like, we got things barking. to do. Let's go. I know, let's I know, go. I know. I know. Oh my god. I'm trying to figure out exactly how you could keep up, but overall, we didn't spend much time. Well, I spent zero time on the strip. I spent zero time Same. outside of the hotel. I haven't spent a dollar gambling yet, and that might change tonight. It depends how the night goes. We had tons of fun. I think if we look at the events and everything we did, there were some great parties, some great socialization. I thought the Chat and Cheese live recording with Angela Hood was a ton of fun. It really was. But, okay, I'm a lightweight. And we talked about maybe three episodes away how I think whiskey is disgusting, right? Yeah. And, okay, tell everyone. Mr. Whiskey is disgusting. No, bourbon. You said bourbon. You didn't like bourbon. So what were they serving at the live podcast recording? Uh, Bourbon. Uh Uh-huh. How many did you have, Serge? Six. And which was the best one? I have no clue. I really don't remember. (laughs) So to give you context, basically, they would take shots every five minutes. And there was a gentleman that would bring the bottle to everyone across the room and pour a shot. So it's not like you can say no. 
I'm going to play the game. I'm just going to go ahead and drink it. And it didn't taste horrible. Well, they got better and better. The first one. The more you, was, tr- the exactly. more you drank, the you fir- couldn't taste it after a while because oh, your the, mouth was numb. The first it's one like was drinking horrible. mouthwash. No, it, I couldn't taste <laughs> anything at all. But I felt really good by the 40 minute mark. I was feeling really good about myself. <laughs> It probably could have carried me to my hotel room, because, mm-hmm. but I did go out. Uh, I did go to a restaurant. So I guess it all turned out, but I was hungover this morning and I can't remember the last time I've ever been hungover. So. Well, and that's the thing about hard liquor, I think for me, you know, it just stays with you too long. How do these guys record consistently drinking? I know. And, and you can tell by the podcast, it got a little bit sloppier at the end. <laughs> I know everybody will have to listen to that episode. And speaking of dry, Serge, when was the when was the last time you paid five dollars and eighty cents for a bottle of water? Well, the pro- prices here are nuts. Because you always think about Vegas that it's a really affordable yeah. place to come. To hotel rooms are cheap. They're basically bringing you in so you can gamble. But I think that's gone away because I paid $18 for a slice of pizza. One slice, not the whole pizza. And this morning, I got coffee, a black coffee and a dolce latte, whatever the hell you <laughs> asked me to order that I was embarrassed to order. And it came out to $22 Canadian. Oh, my God. Isn't it crazy? That is. So wow. I will not move to Vegas. Yeah. I can't afford to live here and I'm way too cheap to live here. But on that note... We are at HR Tech, so we should probably talk about HR Tech. Some insights, some interesting observations. You know, one that I had, Serge, was because we talked to a lot of vendors, a lot, asking them to talk about their technology, talk about how it works. And other than founders that we spoke to, everyone, and I mean with no exception, everyone was less than six months on the job. We talked to a few people today who said, I'm, so how long have you been with the organization? Uh, I was hired 60 days ago. Like they honest to God, they barely know where the pens are. Never mind bringing them to a trade show of this magnitude and having people come up and expect to explain how their product works. Did you find it the same? Oh, I found exactly the same. I did not talk to one person at one of the boots or, and like you said, outside of the CEOs and the founders that had been there more than, I would say, a year, I think was the longest. A lot of new hires from from March. Yeah, a lot of new hires. I heard a lot. So why do you think that is? Post-pandemic, we know how much money was being spent in the HR tech space. And they finally decided to hire back some of the essential support, like it was product managers, it was customer success people, and very few of them, I think some of them maybe let people go, didn't make the right hire themselves, which is totally ironic because we're in the HR tech space. But I think a lot of uh, people changed industries too. Do you remember how many people did we talk to said, this is because you always ask the question, oh, how long have you been in the HR tech space? Was there one of them that's, no, there was one. It was very, very rare, which brings to one of the insights that I had is, man, this is complicated. I talked to so many people, show me your product, want to know about it, how it works. And a lot of them had a hard time explaining what problem they were fixing because they didn't understand. It's like anything we've mm. talked about this is if you don't understand the pain, how are you going to fix a problem? 
I am very concerned about this, seeing so many people, because HR, talent acquisition, is overwhelmed with the noise of HR tech. And we have people pitching them products that are really not understanding how this is going to fix what's happening. We're going to be in a situation that people are going to buy the sexy product. They're going to be ready to implement it. I think you mentioned this. You're six months in the implementation because some of these implementations were absolutely insane how long it takes. And they realized that what the salesperson said was actually not true, not because the person purposely was deceitful is they didn't really understand what they were saying and what they were actually trying to fix. So we're going to have a lot of HR talent acquisition people be like, ah, we bought the wrong tech. Don't you find? Yes. Um, And on that same thought, when we look back to kind of the the last big HR tech push, like pre-COVID, it was when Workday was coming out and Oracle Cloud and all of these big ERPs. And I think they have caused so much scar tissue in the HR space because they were very complicated. They did not perform what they were supposed to. Because the other thing that I saw a lot of was technology that wraps around and fills in all the holes left with these large ERP or HCM solutions that are really meant to be bolt-ons from your new finance or new supply chain management system. So a lot of this tech is meant to fix or basically that unfulfilled promise that was made to us from Workday, that was made from SAP and all of the big tech. Uh, so now a lot of this is trying to fix it. But boy, if you had to endure how painful it has been to implement something like a success factors, you don't want to ever do that again. Like it's not easy. No, implementations is where people get fired, right? Yeah. Someone said this to me when implementing an ERP solution for the entire company. It's like, well, that pretty much guarantees the CTO or CIO is going to get fired in that process because it's never going to go the way it is. And I've seen exactly the same with HR folks when it comes to implementing HR tech, not really understanding what they were implementing. And it goes sideways and they are committed to spend whatever this is, and they're actually going backwards. So it's always a word of caution. When you're getting these types of solutions, you got to make sure you're able to implement it and not always trust the vendor because they're always going to say easy implementation. I've heard some horror stories since I've been here. I have. How, How many vendors told us that, oh, no, this is a really simple implementation? All of them. All of them. Like, honestly, like you could plug and play was the way they left it. And, you know, I talked to two senior TA leaders last night. And um, when we started asking about what's the problem you're trying to solve? And what do you think when you're talking to the vendors, are they giving you like a really do you feel confident? And her lips went white when she was talking at the fear of what an implementation would mean. And to your point, it's like, I could get fired for choosing the wrong thing. So Doing nothing is an option. Well, I think what we saw firsthand too as well, and I think we talked about this several people. Imagine you're the talent acquisition person coming into this convention hall. And I'm telling you, this convention hall is the biggest convention hall I've ever seen. 
And generally what I saw was a lot of vendors talking to other vendors. There wasn't a lot of HR talent. There was, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot. But how overwhelming for someone that has never really worked in technology or really understands the complexity of what you're trying to accomplish here and you're looking at buying this tech, Yeah, my God, I wouldn't want to be that person. But it brings to the point of the discussion we had a couple of weeks ago about the difference between talent acquisition and recruitment. Your person leading this should be a talent acquisition person that understands all the moving parts. Mm-hmm. And that can be a challenge for someone that's only been a recruiter, right? Like mm-hmm. doesn't understand mm-hmm. the elements. So it, it would be extremely overwhelming for a lot of even talent acquisition people to walk mm-hmm. in here. And I'd feel a little bit nervous for them because I feel these vendors or these boots would just like jump on them like piranhas. Yes. So the changing subjects just a little bit here. Buzzword alert. I've got a prediction of what's going to be trending for the next buzzword in HR. It's going to be talent intelligence. There were so many vendors that have now decided to adopt or coin this phrase of talent intelligence. So in true HR fashion, find another buzzword that we have to go, okay, what exactly does that mean? Like, I think HR is so classic this way, right? Like, if we got to change the acronym, that's what I saw a lot of down on the floor was claims of giving you true insight into your people and your talent intelligence. What do you predict as being the up and coming buzzword? Well, we did hear talent intelligence pretty much 20 to 30% of the vendors. (laughs) I know. I don't know if I have any predictions on what the buzzword is going to be, but I think what we're seeing is the replacement of the ATS. I think how we see as an ATS today and what actually is coming out or what is available right now and the level of tools and technology and the ability of data insights that these tools like Eightfold, Paradox, it's a brand new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Legitimately, I think a lot of them are using AI in the right way when it comes to forecasting what the needs of the business is, leveraging the data that's internally. So if you are looking for that tool and you really want to be innovative, I think you have to look outside of the standard ATS that you've been thinking because there's tools that do a whole lot more. Obviously, the challenge here is the price is significantly higher with these talent intelligence tools that basically do everything. They do everything right from one system. They do your sourcing, your analytics, they resurface your candidates. There's some really intelligent platforms that I think are going to basically replace the ATS or maybe not replace the ATS, but replace how we look at ATS and what ATS is capable of doing right now, which is still in most cases, a digital filing cabinet. You're absolutely right. I think that was one of the most exciting interviews. And I know we've got it coming up and we'll release it. But just a little hint, one of the biggest buzz here at HR Tech is around a company who does just that. Take the data you already have and truly get intelligent information out of it, including all of those dusty old resumes that are sitting in your applicant tracking system that you're doing nothing with. I think job boards might be a little nervous about this. I don't see rapid adoption, I would think, over the next few years. 
like I would say in three years, because again, none of these are like quick fixes. But over the next few years, less and less dependence on job boards to keep repurchasing candidates that already know your brand that may have applied to you in the past. Well, we've talked about this many times. I think it's a shame for a lot of talent acquisition departments that before you post that job, where is that talent? You've already acquired. Right. They've already showed interest in your company. They're but you're trying to pull it out of a dusty old filing yeah. cabinet. You need this layer of technology to do it for you. Because asking your TA or your recruiter or your recruitment administrator to go look through resumes from two years ago, are you kidding? You go blind <laughs> just looking through them when there's technology for that. So this is exciting. I think, for talent acquisition to get out of the weeds and start using what we already have and doing something with the data. So I'm excited to see what happens there. So companies that had a big buzz that everyone was talking about, and you can tell by the lineups to their parties, AFOL.ai, we're going to have our interview recording with Kamal, their president. Very interesting, very intelligent. I love what they're doing. Seek out which had a lot of buzz around it, which basically they've been known for their sourcing tool, but they've built a very, very similar tool to Eightfold. Paradox was another one. And their boot looked like a Tiffany store, you said? Yeah. I, I initially thought like an Apple store, but... It, it was Tiffany Blue. Very, very close. I mean, I'm no color aficionado, but I'd say it was Tiffany Blue and Fresh Flowers. Like it was just gorgeous, just gorgeous decorated. Who said that that boot was in the millions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked like it. It was really nice. The boots were over the top. One boot that I found really interesting, maybe was a little bit surprising in how small and understated was Indeed. Did you think the same? Yes. Indeed's booth was the size of some mid-market players. Like, I was shocked. I was shocked. I did have some great conversations with oh. the folks there, though. But yeah, it was not the splash and glam of a lot of these other ones. Like ADP had a like a really splashy booth and huge. Their square footage, I mean, you could fit four Indeed booths inside the ADP booth. Yeah, the other one is Paycom, which I've never heard of. They had this amazing LED light Stadium show light show, yes. It, it was amazing. It was insane. So I think the boots were really over the top. But when it comes to this space and when it comes to technology and HR tech, this is the show. Companies are going to spend a lot. Like startups, this is some of them. It's make or break, right? This is where they're going to get the leads that might sustain them for the next year. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, Shelly. My God. Like there is some shitty, shitty technology. Oh, I, I feel know. so bad. I felt bad too. And I know we won't beat them up. Let's talk about some happy stuff. Yes. I went to Pitch Fest. Finals were today and watched all of them. And so Pitch Fest winner was a company called Spot Life, but life spelled L-Y-F-E. I was really surprised that they won first place because what they do they call it micro inputs to self-care okay do you hear that pause okay so ultimately if you're a millennial that wants to have an app or a tool that you can input micro inputs about how you're feeling and how your day has been all in an effort to identify where you may be experiencing stress I don't know about you but there was something called a Fitbit. 
Do you remember that? Yeah, they were at the show. Fitbit was at I the know, show. but now they're saying you're going to have to input, micro input. Like, can you honestly believe employees are going to do this? Like, all throughout your workday, and then your home, and how you're feeling in general. And then they're going to aggregate this data so you can tell how your people are feeling. And then what? Who's, okay, so now you know people are feeling great, they do yoga, I'm feeling fine, and it still doesn't fix the fact that your boss is an asshole and micromanages you. That doesn't fix anything. Anyways, they won. I couldn't believe it. Anyways, what I was really impressed though was that, was who, who won second place. And it was a, a solution called Translator. And it blew my mind. They take train the trainer. You can identify internal subject matter experts. And they use deep fake avatars, scripts, all this interactive stuff. Like it is, it's an amazing experience to be taking the training. But what it's doing is taking these, um, you know, your cost to train per employee from, you know, classroom training at 250 to $500 per person down to anywhere from a dollar to $15. The other great thing is you're leveraging your internal experts who have knowledge of your product. However, those people maybe have no business whatsoever being a trainer. But what this does is it animates them and takes their content but and changes it just enough so that learners can absorb it. I thought it was fabulous. I was like, I thought they should have won. Well, I didn't see that pitch and I just heard a little bit about it and uh, you laughed when you heard what I thought it was because I didn't know. All I heard was it was called Translator because the CEO was trans. I'm like, so what does it do? I didn't say that. No, you didn't oh, say that. Oh, somebody told you that. Oh my God, yes. The, the CEO and founder is transgender and the pitch was fantastic. I mean, she was amazing. And then I guess you would. Like if you didn't watch the pitch or hear what the product was, your natural assumption was that this was some sort of platform to help transgender people in the workplace. No, it's not. Okay, yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I heard it was. I'm like, well, that's pretty niche. No, no, that's not what it is at all. It's an incredible product. I'm really looking forward to following up with them. Obviously, I didn't see it. I did see the Spotlight pitch, and this is where, so critical and where we're seeing a lot of people get money maybe with inferior tech is you got to be able to pitch it in three minutes. You got to be concise. I saw some pitches that were embarrassing. And for me, if I have an HR tech or a company and this is the stage, right? This is, Mm -hmm. and you can't nail it. You can't practice it. You can't get it down, man. You don't deserve to get any money. So what happens is investors that don't know the industry, are going to invest in what they feel is a great pitch. Like it makes sense to them, even though they might not understand the market dynamics, why it's not going to work. But to get money, you got to be able to pitch. And I would say 50% of the pitches were just horrendous that Mm. I saw. And I only saw maybe six, but that was a little bit disappointing. Like get your shit together. Yeah. Well, I just saw the finalists. So they had already competed earlier in in the week. They had already competed. So these were the top ones in the finalists. If I look at 
going to HR Tech next year, I definitely think it was extremely valuable for anyone that has interest in this particular space. It was a little bit overwhelming, but I think Las Vegas is overwhelming in general. (laughs) Yeah. But for us, we got to speak to some of the most influential people in the industry knowing what's coming and what's not going to work. I guess we'll see where the industry goes because I think the challenge that potentially is there's a lot of money that's been pumped into HR tech and money starting to dry up is the impression that I got. Mm. Why I got that impression is like there's starting to be pressure of, okay, these companies actually need to make money. And a lot of them are not going to make any money, even though they probably got a lot of funding. So HR tech overall, amazing experience. I'm so glad we came. We got to meet some of the people that we've interacted over Zoom for what? like Last couple of years. Last yeah. couple of years. Who was the person that you met that you were the most excited? That I was excited to meet? Yeah. Chris Russell. He's just been so kind and so generous to us on the podcast. It was nice to meet him in person. David Bernstein. It was nice to meet him in person. Mm-hmm. Alex Murphy. I saw him. He was a finalist on Pitch Fast. It was great to see him in person as well. Boy, I was really just very thrilled to meet all the people that we've had on the show. I think everyone we know seemed to be there. So it was great. And what about you? Who were you? Well, I hadn't met all the people that you met at RecFest, right? I yeah. never met face-to-face Tim Sackett, obviously Joel Cheeseman and Chad Silwash, the Chad and Cheese show. So it was great to meet them face-to-face. Jason Putnam, I hadn't met, I've right. had a lot of interactions with him. Caitlin, the Plum team was amazing. Uh, there was a lot of buzz around the Plum team as well as yeah. they won the top product. So congratulations to them. So everyone, we have a lot of content coming from interviews. We don't know how good the quality is going to be because this was a new experience recording live with equipment that had some glitches. Of course, it's always going to have glitches, but it seemed to work well. So I'm hoping when I put this memory card in my computer that it's captured all the files and we actually have good data. But Shelly, I'm glad I did this trip with you. I learned a lot about you. Mm-hmm. All good. Thank you, Mostly. sir. You walk very slow. But aside <laughs> from that, all good. My so, feet hurt. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back with more content next week, some great interviews. See ya. Bye. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.